Hey guys, Kyle back, Kyle Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 37. Um, lots to get into. Um, got big combat sports weekend. So I uh, got my predictions for that, for Bellator and UFC. NFL talk course, we got them or the others. Little uh, little thing I found, so I tried to make my own little segment about it. Obviously, do a little overreaction or not. College football. Champions League update at the midway point. I'll give my projections of how I think it'll end up. And then we'll get into – I'm going to start – I'm not going to do much NBA talks. I'm waiting for – you know, Fee's going to come on the podcast hopefully next week. Then we'll dive into all of the NBA, you know, started already. I'm not going to really talk about the start yet or how it's going. We're going to get into that when he comes on. I'm, I'm going to do – talk to my brother about this actually, a little thing we just came up with. NBA big three tiers. So we went, we went through and we found – we got every – Team's big three. Who we think their big three is, and I put them into tiers. So we have, I have six team, six big threes in tier three. I have six teams in tier two, six teams in tier three. In tier four, we have five. In tier five, we have four. In tier six, we have four. So we're gonna get into that now. We're gonna start off with, we'll start off with tier six. We'll start from the bottom. So in tier six, and and I rank them in order of how I think the big three should be ranked. Uh, so you know this is kind of tough how to, especially once you get towards the bottom, kind of tough how kind of tough to separate them. Watching the uh, Nets Sixers game, Sixers up ten with about seven seven and a half to play. Big three there by Harris. So in tier six, at the bottom of tier six. We I did I went with the Magic's big three of Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, and Wendell Carter. You know, young, you know, it was tough to really order these. On these ones, you're kinda going off okay, if the first best players are equal, how are the second best players? So comparing them to the Pistons who I have above them. Cade, I think he's gonna be a stud. I would say Jeremy Grant, though, is by far better right now than Cole Anthony or Wendell Carter. So that's the Pistons in in, in the second to last. Third to last, Rockets. And I basically went off. I have Jalen as their number one option because I think he is. But Christian Wood and uh, uh, Porter Jr., too good compared to the other uh, twos and threes of the Pistons and Magic. Thunder, I went. With, I know Thunder's two and three aren't as good, but SGA right now is by far the best player between these. So I went Thunder with SGA, Baisley, and Dort. Um, yeah, so that is tier six. SGA, Baisley, Dort. So they'd be ranked 27, uh, Rockets, Jalen, Christian Wood, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., they're 28, 29, Cade, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, and Magic, dead last, Isaac Cole, Wendell. Tier 5, so ranked 26, right? This would be 26, is the Spurs with Murray, Keldon, and Derek White. I thought about them over the Cavs. I went Cavs above them. I think Sexton... I think Mobley and Allen are just so going to be so dominant down low. I went with the Cavs at 25. Kings, I went with four. We debated, do we put Davion in there yet? I didn't. I went Fox, Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes. I think Rashawn Holmes is a beast. Um, my brother's a huge fan of him as well, and I agree that he should be in there. I think he is their third best player. You could argue Buddy Heald, but I'd go Rashawn Holmes. Then I have the Raptors at the top of Tier 5, Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and uh, Gary Trent Jr. So that would be, you know, so you have the Magic at 30. 
just kind of order this as we go, huh? I didn't really rank them. I just put them in the tiers. But now we can we can rank them for sure. I actually have an adjustment I'm going to make. We're going to call it Superior Tier. It is going to be the one over Tier 1. Okay? It is going to be over Tier 1. So we had 27. So the Spurs would technically be 26. Twenty-five for the Cavs, twenty-four for the Kings, and twenty-three for the Raptors. So now we're going in to tier four at twenty-two. Because of their two and three, I went Wizards under the Wolves. So Wolves, I would agree that Beal is probably is better than Cat right now, but D'Lo and Edwards much better, I think, than Dimwitty and Harrell. That's what I'm going off of there. So they're at twenty-one at twenty. Is the Grizzlies. Um, Jaw, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks. Love that young big three. I think they're going to climb this list as the years go on. Pacers, I have them at 19. Sabonis, Brogdon, Turner. We debated should it be Turner or Levert. I understand. I think Levert gives you a lot offensively, but I think you know Turner can score down low, and he's such a good defender. I had to throw Miles Turner in there for 19. And at 18, I actually went the Hornets. Mello, Hayward, and Rozier. I think that's a very good one, two, three. That's a point guard, shooting guard, small forward. I really like them. I think Mello's the best player. He might be the best player out of all those. You know, you could argue Beal's probably above him, maybe Cat, but really, I mean, you could argue that Mello's already a top 25 NBA player. I really think so. So now we're going to get into tier three. At the bottom of tier three, I went the Pelicans. You also, I think you also got to show me, it's, it takes in everything. It takes in talent, it takes in who's the best players. But they have the Pelicans showed you anything as a big three where they deserve to be in the top 15? I don't think so. So it's Zion, Zion Ingram, and uh, Jonas Valanciunas. That is the big three of the Pelicans at 17. At, oh, wait. I put the Pelicans in twice. So did I miss a team? Hold on. We'll just get there as we go. So at the 16, I got the New York Knicks. Um, Randall, Kemba, RJ. Uh, really, you know, I, I st- you could have argued uh, Fournier for sure, but I'm going to say that's the big three. Randall being the one, obviously he was most improved, All-NBA third or second team last year. They got to be in there. 15 is literally weighing it as Luka. I went Hardaway Jr. as the second option. KP is three, to be honest. The way Hardaway Jr. has played the last year and a half, I would go with him. So Mavs at 15. I got the Blazers. And this one was tough for me. Blazers and Bulls were fairly even. I think it separates itself when it gets to the third. I think DeRozan's just much better than Nurkic that I went Bulls at uh, 13. And I went Blazers at 14. So the uh, the Bulls top tier three. So now we get into tier two. At the bottom of tier two, this might sound crazy. I'm not huge on Rudy Gobert. Again, this is my list. So, mm. I think Clint Capella is a better center than Rudy Gobert. I would take Clint Capella over Rudy Gobert. So I have the Hawks over the Jazz. I have the Jazz at the bottom of Tier 2, the 12th best big three. 
So then, like I said, I go to the Hawks. So, like I said, you know, Jazz, I go Mitchell 1, Conley 2, Rudy 3. For the Hawks, I go Trey 1, Collins 2, Capella 3. So I'm going Hawks. Then I'm going, this one was tough as well. I think I'm going to flip it right now. Mid, mid podcast, I think I'm going to flip it. I'm going 76ers at 10. And I'm going, because of Brown and Smart with Simmons and Tobias, I would take Brown and Smart over Simmons and Tobias. So I'm going Celtics at 9 over the Sixers in Tier 2. And I think the reason why you these next two teams, to me, aren't in Tier 3, it's tough with... It's tough with the Clippers mainly. I just think their third brings them down so much compared to the others. I'm going Heat 8, and they're in Tier 2 with Jimmy, Bam, and Lowry. I'm going Clippers 7 with Kawhi, PG, and Morris. Okay? Um, I'm actually making, I think... Nope, with Murray, I like the Nuggets over the Suns. So at 6, I'm going the Suns with Book, CP3, and Aiton. I like the Nuggets better when they have Murray. I think when it's when it's uh, Jokic, Murray, MPJ, I like them better. So they're my fifth and and tier one as well. Uh, Warriors are four because of Draymond's. I still love. I'm I'm still I'm more of a Draymond guy now as we get as we keep going. I think he's still so valuable to their team. Yes, offensively, he, passing he brings you something. He, he obviously you can't shoot or score. I'm still going Warriors four because I still think Clay's going to be there, and I'm going Bucks at three. At the top of Tier 1, Giannis, Middleton, Holiday. They just won a title, so I had to put them over the Warriors for now. Superior Tier, the best. I'm going Nets at 2 because I think LeBron and AD as the duo is much is, is better than what the Nets can run out there, and I think Russ will figure it out. So I'm going Lakers 1, Nets 2. That's Superior Tier. Those are the two best big threes, and I think you know there's a gap after 2 and 3 in my opinion. All right, let's get into a little overreaction and hop me a drink. Overreaction or not, we'll go NFL and a little NBA. So I did throw a little NBA in here. I forgot I threw that in for overreaction or not. And I think them are theirs, right? Yeah, them are the others. So overreaction or not, Ravens are right now by far the best team in the AFC. If you would have probably said best team in the AFC, I would have said it's not an overreaction. I'm going to say it's an overreaction because it's by far. And again, I go look through the, I go look, I'll go look up, you know, people's overreaction or nots through the web. And so this is one I found. It was by far. Or, t- or even I'll find them on I'll find them on damn TikTok overreaction or not. By far, no. So that's an overreaction that they're by far the best team in the AFC. The Colts will look for a new QB after this season. That is an overreaction. I'm still going to hold on to Carson Wentz. I think he figures it out. That is a uh, overreaction as well. Panthers will look for a new quarterback after this season. God, I wanted to hang on to this guy too. I'm going to say right now it's. Not an overreaction. I think if they get the chance, if they fall off, so they're three and three now. Let's say they finish six and eleven or something like that. I predict them to go five and twelve. I believe so. I still could be right. They could fall off big. They could be in. The, they could be in the market for a quarterback, a Ritter, a Howell, a Corral. They could be in. They could be in there for a quarterback. I'm going to say it's not an overreaction. Baker is not a franchise quarterback. Overreaction. Actually, a massive overreaction. I think he is a. Fan, I think he is a franchise quarterback. NBA, the Lakers are not the best team in the West. 
Dude, the, the NBA ones was tough to do. I almost didn't do them because after one game, I'd like to wait till game 40 to decide on, or game at least 25, 30 to decide on where teams are at. That's a massive overreaction. The Lakers are the best team in the West. It was one game. The Nuggets are the, are the Lakers' biggest threat. That's an overreaction. I think it is the Warriors. I think uh, the way Steph's playing, if Clay can come back, as long as Clay comes back at the same level, I think I would take the Warriors to be the biggest threat. So I'm going to say it's an overreaction. The Bucks are clear-cut the best team in the East. It's an overreaction. I think the Heat and Nets are going to be very good. I think the Nets are going to have to figure it out, and I think they will figure it out. Um, old team, you know, a little bit newer. You know, Aldridge in, Millsap in, James Johnson, Patty Mills, uh, you know, so Javon Carter. So, I mean, yeah, it's a new – they got it again, I love that people already are, like, you know, kind of – bailing on the Nets and Lakers after one or two games. Yeah, the Nets might lose here, and the Lakers might lose tonight against the Suns. It's two games in. To these teams, to the Nets and the Lakers, seeding doesn't matter. They want to have it figured out by the time the playoffs roll around. By the time the playoffs roll around, do they have it figured out? And if they do, they're the best teams in the NBA. That's all that matters. So, yeah, overreaction. LaMelo will lead the Hornets to a top-six seed. So tough, because you think about it, I still think Bucks, Nets, Heat, top three – then that man, that top, that next five, next six teams is tough. You got, you got the Knicks, you got the Hawks, you got the Bulls, you got the Sixers, you got the Celtics. So that's right there, one through eight, and then the Hornets there at nine. I'm gonna say it's an overreaction. I don't think they'll go get top six. I do think they'll be in the playing game, and they could sneak into an eight or seven, depending on how some of the if some of these teams fall off or they're not as good as people thought. So yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's an overreaction for now. So it's in a little college football. We'll do a. We'll start off a little, one one little breaking news from the week. Then we'll do a look back at week seven. Then my top five, uh, week eight headlines, and then my post week seven power twenty six. Um, LSU and Coach O will part ways at the end of the year. He got a big win against Florida, forty nine forty seven. They upset Florida. Then after that game, they seen that they're going to part ways. I think it's. Hold on. It's interesting, you know, I I, I always thought that Coach O was slightly overrated. Um, I thought that that uh, with that unbelievable team they had in 2019, I thought that saved him. Them being good saved him an extra year. Like last year, they had a bad year, and they knew they weren't going to fire him after one year after a national title. But, yeah, I think it was a... I think it was a... a I think it's good they're parting ways, to be honest. And Coach O, still, he's still a legend, let's be honest. But overrated as a head coach, in my opinion. So look back at week seven. Purdue smacks Iowa on the road 24-7. I told you all Iowa was overrated. They don't have a quarterback. And so what happens when they can't score? Yeah, you have a good defense. but And then Iowa, you think about it. Yeah, I know they, you know, like I said, Penn State had 17 points with, uh, with um, Sean Clifford in. So I think they were going to get routed in that game. It, the injury saved them an extra week, and then they play Purdue. So what happens if they play an, Iowa Sta- an Ohio State, a Michigan, a Michigan State? I don't think they do well. Bama bounces back, routes Mississippi State 49-9. Yeah, I, I saw that coming. You know Nick Saban off a lot's going to have them boys fired up. Georgia beats Kentucky 30-13 to in the Battle of Undefeateds. Kentucky held, I thought, pretty well, though. They held themselves pretty well. They covered the spread as well. Backdoor cover late in the game. But I thought they... I thought they did well for themselves, honestly. I think Kentucky's a really good team. Oklahoma State shows they're legit, beats Texas on the road 32-24. Yeah, Oklahoma State's definitely right there with Oklahoma as the best teams in the Big 12, and I can't wait for 
Can't wait for that game. Oh, that's going to be awesome. What do they call it? Bedlam? God, that's going to be sick. I cannot wait for it. And you might get it twice. You honestly probably will get it twice. If Oklahoma State beats Iowa State this weekend, I think you will get it twice. Uh, Caleb Williams starts for OU. They beat TCU 52-31. Williams had five total touchdowns, only five incompletions. It is his team. So my top five week eight headlines and discussions. Clemson looks to stay alive in the ACC title race at Pitt. I think they do. Can Okie State get another big road win at Iowa State? I again think they, they can. Can LSU get another upset at Ole Miss? This is one thing I want to look up why we were in the podcast. If Matt Corral is playing, I think Ole Miss will win. If Matt Corral... So he's hopeful. I think he's going to play. Okay, so yeah, I, I think LSU does have a chance at upsetting them. I would pick Ole Miss, though, if Corral's playing. Notre Dame and uh, USC renew the rivalry Saturday night. Should be a win for uh, Should be a win for Notre Dame, honestly. Let's just be real. USC's not the best. Who has a better chance at going unbeaten this year, Coastal, SMU, or UTSA? Well, Coastal lost. I say UTSA. But yeah, Coastal lost last night in a shocker to Appalachian State. It seems like Appalachian State gets some big wins at times, you know. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say uh, UTSA over SMU. SMU during the AAC, right? So they're gonna have to play Cincinnati. So yeah, give me UTSA. So now my post week seven, power twenty five, um, rankings. At one, still gonna have Georgia seven though. Oklahoma's two for me. Cincinnati three, Alabama four, Ohio State five, Michigan six. And here's the thing for Alabama. They have one way into the playoff. They have to beat Georgia in the SEC title game. If they don't, they're out. Two losses, they'll be out. Uh, Michigan 6, Michigan State 7, Penn State 8. So we got 5 to 8 is all is Big Ten. Um, oh, no, 5 to – no, okay, so Oklahoma State 7, Penn State 8, Michigan State 9. Iowa is down at 12. So 5, 6, 8, 9, 12 is Big Ten. Old Miss, I have at 10. Oregon, 11. Iowa at 12, like I said. Kentucky didn't drop them much. Actually, I think kept them the same, 13. Wake Forest, 14. Notre Dame, they're undefeated, by the way. Notre Dame at 5 and 1, 15. Coastal Carolina was 6 and 0 going into the week. They were at 16. They will obviously drop. Uh, A&M at 5 and 2 at 17. Auburn at 5 and 2 at 18. Baylor, 6 and 1 at 19. NC State and Pitt, both 5 and 1 for the ACC, 20 and 21. NC State at 20, Pitt at 21. SMU at 22, undefeated. San Diego State at 23, undefeated. UTSA at 24, undefeated. Purdue at 25, 4-2. And, and Clemson at 26 at 4-2. and two. They play Pitt this weekend. So here we go, college football games and spreads. My top, my week eight, top five games of the week. I'm 21-14 and 14 overall. Went 3-2 and two last week. Tougher games. I think, I think some of the games are tougher. You know, the Clemson pick. Because, again, on the games of the week, I pick the five best games. So I'm not getting to choose what I think. So I'm not getting to, like, pick games. I'm picking the five best games of the week. So Clemson at Pitt, 26-ranked Clemson, 21-ranked Pitt. I'm going Clemson 24-23 on the road. Number seven, Oklahoma State at Iowa State, Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. I got Oklahoma State winning 31-27. Uh, Clemson at Pitt is Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. San Diego State ranked 23 at Air Force, so I believe only has one loss. Big game. 
I'm going San Diego State 27-23. That's Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern on CBS. If Corral plays, I have Ole Miss 45-38, number 10 Ole Miss. If he doesn't, I'm taking LSU. Um, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Actually, no, I'm going to say it right now. I'm riding Ole Miss either way. Give me Ole Miss either way. USC at 15, Notre Dame, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC, Notre Dame 31-20. My my week eight top five spreads of the week went three and two last week after a five and a week the week before, but I am 23 and 12, doing good in college football. Um, I got UTSA minus five and a half at at Louisiana Tech. I got Oklahoma State plus seven and a half at Iowa State. I have NC State minus two and a half at Miami. Notre Dame minus six and a half versus USC. And I have Clemson plus three and a half at Pitt. So it's getting a little Champions League talk. Update at the midway point of the group stage. And I'll give you my predictions on how I think it'll finish. I'll just give you who I think will advance. Um, group A, PSG sits at seven points. Man City at two with six points. Club Bruges at three with four points. RB Leipzig at four with zero. PSG and Man City advance. Group B, Liverpool on top. No losses, nine points. Atletico and Porto, two and three with four points apiece. Milan, zero. Atletico is just, they worry me. I mean, yeah, I understand they're doing good in Spain, but I mean, Spain's not very deep. Barcelona and Real are down, in my opinion. Porto's not bad. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Liverpool and Porto. Advance through Group B. Um, group C. Ajax smacked Dortmund. 4-0, I think. So Ajax is on top with 9. Dortmund at six with two, or at 2 with 6 points. Sporting Lisbon at th- uh, 3 with 3 points. And uh, Besiktas at 0 points in 4th. I think Ajax and Dortmund advance. Group D. Sheriff... The team that upset Real Madrid, they're in six points. They also have a win over Shakhtar. Um, Real Madrid's in second at six points. Inter Milan's in third at four points. And Shakhtar in fourth at one point. Man, if you're Sharif, I don't think, would 10 points do it? If you got a win over Shakhtar and you drew with one of Inter or Real, I think 10 points gets you through. And I think they're going to do that. I really do. I'm going Sheriff and Real Madrid to advance. Can't believe I'm saying that. I don't think Inter Milan's very good this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Sheriff and Real Madrid. Can't believe I'm saying that. It's crazy, actually. This game's getting wild. Okay. Group E. Bayern on top with nine points. Benfica in second with four. Barcelona in third with three. And uh, Dynamo Kiev and fourth with one. I think Barcelona figures it out. I think Barcelona and Bayern advance. Group F, tight race. Top and bottom separated by three points. Man U, six points. Their loss is to Young Boys, who's in fourth with three. That was the red card game by Juan Bissaka. Atalanta in second with four points. Villarreal in third with four points. Man U will get out. I, I'm going to say Man U. God, do I want to go Villarreal? I don't know. This is tough. I'm going Man U and Atalanta advance. Group G, FC Schausberg with seven points on top by a wide margin. There's no way they don't get in. There's absolutely no way they don't get it, get through. Sevilla's in second with three. Lille in third with two. And Wolfsburg in fourth with two. I'm going to say Sevilla and Schausberg go through. I think Sevilla looks more like quality side than Lille right now. 
Group H, pretty easy as well. Juventus in first with nine. Chelsea in second with six. Zen- Zenit in third with three. And Malmo zero. Juventus and Chelsea will go through 100%. So here we go. This is one thing I found. Them or the others. So this is kind of like a betting type thing, a little bit. You're gonna, I'm gonna get, you know, you're gonna get a team or two, and would you take them or the field, basically? So we're calling this them or the others, the Kansas City Chiefs or the rest of the AFC to reach the Super Bowl. And I'm sure most of you are probably saying, "Oh, this is an easy one, no doubt who it is." I'm going with Kansas City Chiefs. I'm riding with Patty Mahomes to the Super Bowl, and I think they get back. I think they figure it out. I think everyone's doubting them, and I love that. Um, but yeah, I say, I th- I'm going to go with the Chiefs. So how about the new boys on the block, the Cowboys and the Cardinals? Cowboys and the Cardinals or the rest of the NFC to reach the Super Bowl. So you're going with Dak and Murray, or are you going with Stafford, Brady, and Rodgers, basically? I'm going Cowboys-Cardinals to reach the Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence or the rest of the rookie QBs to have a better career? Trevor Lawrence, any day of the week. Lakers or the rest of the West to make the NBA Finals? Lakers. That's not even tough. Nets or the rest of the East to make the Finals? Give me the Nets. I'm going to take the Nets. I think it's going to be Lakers-Nets. Give me them. Heat or the Knicks, Hawks. So you get the Heat or you get the Knicks, Hawks, Celtics, Bulls, 76ers to reach the Conference Finals. Give me the Heat. I'll take the Heat. I'm taking... Have I taken the field? I haven't taken the field once. Warriors or the Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Jazz, Mavericks. This is where I'm taking the field. I would take, if you give me the Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Jazz, and Mavs, I'll take the field over the Warriors. Even though I do think the Warriors are legit. Give me the field in that one. So right now it's uh, Nets up 111-108 with 16 seconds. They came back. Hell of a comeback. I think it was 108-100, 11-0 run. NFL. A look back at week six. Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and the Jags get their first win in London over the Dolphins on an expiring game-winning field goal. Happy for them. Happy for Trevor. Happy for Urban. Big win for them. Ravens dominate Chargers. Are the AFC's best? They are the best team in the AFC, but not by far. Cowboys scrap for t- tough road win at New England. That was an awesome game. Cowboys really had to fight and battle for that one. They did. Rodgers owns Chicago. That was hilarious. Rushing touchdown. They're giving him the bird. He's, he's yelling at him, I, I still own you. That is hilarious. Cards route the Browns in Cleveland 37-14. I thought the uh, Cardinals would win. I did not think they would beat them down like that. I know that Chubb was out and then Kareem Hunt also got hurt. I still didn't think that would happen. Chiefs bounce back at Redskins. Defense shuts out Washington in the second half. Yeah, I know it's Washington, but the Chiefs look good. The Chiefs did look a lot better. Titans stun the Bills 34-31 on Monday night. They stop out on the fourth and one. Yeah. They hurt. They kind of they decided they're going to go for it, which I would have too. I wouldn't have kicked the field goal. I would have said, fuck it, we're going for it. Why are we not going for it? You know? And he slips, and the D-tackle makes a nice play. Titans win. My top five week seven headlines and discussions. Kind of a weak week. Kind of a weak week, to be honest. Honest. I mean, six by weeks, kind of a weaker, you know, weaker week. Can the Bengals show they're legit and upset Ravens? I don't think they do, but I do think they have a chance. Can Chiefs stay rolling at Tennessee? Best game of the week. Chiefs stay rolling. Uh, Justin Fields battles the GOAT. Going to be tough for the Bears. Colts look to bounce, look for back-to-back wins at 49ers. I think they get it. Can the Browns bounce back at Denver? Obviously, that game was played last night. Yes, they can. They did. I had them barely winning. 
I did not think they would. I thought it would be close because of, I had them barely winning with Baker. I think I had I, I, I had the projection 30-23 to 23 with Baker. I bumped it down 26-23. I still thought that their defense would hold off enough, and they only held, they held them to 14. So here's my post-week six top five defense rookie of the year candidates. At five, Jermaine Davis, the inside linebacker for the Redskins. At four, Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback for the Chargers. Three, Micah Parsons, inside linebacker slash end for the Cowboys. Two, Jeremiah Owosu, Koromoa, inside linebacker for the Browns. And one, Odafe Owe, edge for the Ravens. He's been an absolute monster. Um, My post-week six top five offensive rookie of the year candidates. At five, Rashawn Slater, tackle for the Chargers. Uh, Four, Najee Harris, running back for the Steelers. Three, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for the Jags. And two, Mac Jones, quarterback for the Patriots. And one is easy, Jamar Chase. My post-week six top five MVP candidates. Five, Tom Brady. Four, Kyler Murray. Three, Dak Prescott. Two, Derrick Henry. Yeah, you can say, oh, running back in there? Come on. What do you mean? He's carried them. He's legit carried them to a 4-2 and two record. And then one's Lamar Jackson, though. Come on. So here's my post-week six power 16 info rankings. First time, I believe this is the first time, or is it the second straight week? Let's go back and look. Can we go back, we can go back and look? Um, I think the top four of being all NFC has been broken for the first time. Yeah, it has. So... Uh, it has been broken. So we'll start at the bottom, though. 16, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I have them over the Steelers. I do not have the Steelers in there. They're my team. They're outside, out, right outside looking in. 14 or 15, Minnesota Vikings. Still worried about them. 14, the New Orleans Saints. 13, the Las Vegas Raiders. Got a big win against Denver. 12, the Cincinnati Bengals. Big week for them. 11, the Cleveland Browns. Escape Denver. They escape beating Denver. Cincinnati might be better, though. I don't know yet. I think I'm still sticking with Cleveland right now. 10, the Tennessee Titans. Big win against the Bills. 9, the Kansas City Chiefs. 8, the Los Angeles Chargers. 7, the Buffalo Bills. 6, the Green Bay Packers. 5, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 4, the Los Angeles Rams. 3, Baltimore Ravens. 2, Arizona Cardinals. And 1, how about them Cowboys? Here we go. NFL games and spreads. I was 12 and 2 last week. I'm 65 and 29 overall. After that abysmal 6 and 11. 6 and 11 in week 1. So the next 5 weeks, I've only lost 18 games. Come on now. And I'm one to notice our I have Browns 26-23 over Denver. Sunday early games, 1 p.m. Eastern. I got Chiefs 34 beating the Titans. I got Chiefs 34 Titans 30. Bengals Ravens. I got Bengals 20 Ravens 27. Redskins at Packers, Redskins 17, Packers 31, Falcons at Dolphins, Falcons 34, Dolphins 27, Jets at Patriots, Jets 13, Patriots 23, Panthers at Giants, Panthers 30, Giants 20, Sunday midday games around 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Texans at Cardinals, Texans 16, Cardinals 38, Eagles at Raiders, tough, I think it's a close game, Eagles 24, Raiders 27, Lions versus Rams, Goff versus the Rams, Staff versus the Lions. I'm going Lions 17, Rams 34. Bears at Bucks. I think it's a little closer than the experts think. I think it's 13 and a half. I think it's 13 and a half. Might even be 15, or is that Lions? But I'm going Bears 23, Buccaneers 31. Sunday night football, Colts at Niners. Give me Colts 23-20. That's at 8.20 p.m. Eastern. 
Monday Night Football, 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Saints at Seattle. Give me Saints 28-24. Uh, my top five week seven spreads of the week. Three and two last week. I'm right at even. 15-15. Can I break it? That's the big question. Can I break it? Um, can I get over 500? I need to go three and two. So I got Packers minus eight and a half versus the Redskins. Falcons plus three and a half at Dolphins. Colts plus four and a half at 49ers. Oh, Bears plus 14 against the Bucks. Could be my first tie possibly because I can see them losing by 14 possibly. And then Patriots minus six and a half at Jets. Boom. Combat sports. Headlines in discussion. We'll start with boxing. Then MMA. Then we're going fight predictions to close it out. Oh, uh, yeah, we've got to throw a little Nate Diaz, Tony in there as well. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we will. Okay, Tim Bradley says Andrew Ruiz ruined Anthony Joshua. He thought he says that Joshua thought he was invincible. I mean, is he wrong? I don't know if he's wrong. I think Anthony Joshua did have a little sense of a, or a feel of invincibility to him, you know? And I think uh, when he got knocked out by, or not knocked out, but when he got finished by Ruiz and quit in the corner kind of, I think he like was like, oh man, maybe I'm just not as good as I thought I was, you know? And I just don't think he's as good as people think he is. I really don't. I kind of agree with Tim Bradley. Frank Warren also, he thinks it's a mistake for AJ to immediately rematch Usyk. Should take a warm-up fight. I agree. Let Usyk and Fury fight, then fight the winner. Or just have Usyk fight a mandatory, since Fury's probably going to have to fight Dillian White for a mandatory. Then you fight Usyk after he has a fight, and you have a fight. Get yourself back together. He's going to go straight in for the rematch, though. We'll see what, we'll see how it goes. Will we get to see Earl Spence versus uh, Bug Crawford by next year? God, I hope so. But you never know boxing. Boxing's such a shithouse. You never know. Uh, Usman won super fight with Canelo after Covington. Okay, well, first off, he's not going to beat Canelo or Covington. And even if he does beat Covington and then he fights Canelo, how is a Canelo boxing match going to go tomorrow? Come on. Stop it. This, this guy wants to be Connor so bad. You just go look up videos. He tries to be Connor. Ali loves Connor deep down. They take Connor's game plan. But Usman, it's so, people know it's so fake. He's never going to grow as a star. It's so fake. Wilder says emotions got the best of him after the fight. When he didn't shake Fury's hand, congratulates him, tells him thanks for the memories. Yeah, that was a cool thing. Fury also wished him happy birthday today. Cool, they can, you know, you know, probably not be friends, but, you know, let bygones be bygones. You know, it is what it is. Um, unbelievable trilogy. Um, MMA. Fedor is back this weekend versus Timothy Johnson in Russia. We'll obviously get to that. Can't believe Fedor is fighting. That's absolutely insane. Well, so I had it as big middleweight fight this weekend as Costa takes on Vittori. And it's a now a light heavyweight fight because Fear, because uh, Costa decided I don't want to cut. He said, I weigh 211 pounds. There's no way I can make 185. They agreed to 195. Then this morning they agreed to 205. So it's now 205. Costa versus Vittori. 20 or 25% of the purse goes to Vittori. Jorge versus Leon is booked for UFC 269 on December 11th. It actually will be a three-rounder. Will the winner get a title shot? If Leon wins, he gets title shot no matter what. Only way Jorge gets title shot is if Covington, if and when Covington beats Usman. No doubt in my mind. If Jorge knocks out Leon and then Covington beats Usman, they're doing Covington-Mosville. That's the big fight to make. 
Corey Anderson KOs Bader in round one, advanced the final of the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix. He will be taking on Vadim Nemkov, who finishes Julius Anglicus via round four submission. He retains his belt. We get Corey Anderson versus Nemkov, who I think are the two best in that division. They will be fighting for the Bellator Light Heavyweight title and the Bellator Tournament champion. Two belts and a million dollars. Nate Diaz now turns his focus to Tony Ferguson. Um, Connor and Tony are kind of going back and forth. Tony tried to get a little low. Connor got lower. No, it is what it is. But it looks like he could get Tony and Nate. Uh, if I was Tony, I wouldn't take a fight till I can get Connor. Because if you lose to Nate, you ain't getting Connor. So, and I don't know if Tony beats Nate. But yeah, a little interesting there. You know, Connor, it was kind of weird because Connor and Tony had a back and forth a couple days ago. And then this morning, Nate calls out Tony. It's like, Nate's a little desperate right now. I think he's very desperate. He's very, very desperate to keep his name out there. 100%. He's desperate. So here we go. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. So I had... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the odds. So we'll start out with Bellator 269. I just did the top three fights for both because the cards aren't great either way. I'm just going to be honest with everybody. Okay. So Bellator, Fedor versus Johnson tomorrow, tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern. So it is in a morning one on Showtime. Uh, you've got a 160-pound catchweight bout between Usman Nurmagomedov and Patrick Petilia. Nurmagomedov is going to dominate. This is just a throwaway fight to get him a fight. And then you got a big heavyweight bout between uh, Vitaly uh, Minikov. You know, hasn't competed since 2019 where he KO'd Timothy Johnson. The fight prior was his first loss to Czech Congo. He's taking on, uh, I think it's pronounced Sad Soma. He's 7-2, 1-1 in Bellator. Has fought good competition, though. He won his last fight against Ronnie Marks via round one KO, and then he lost his first Bellator fight to Fortune via decision. So he's a, he's a, you know, he's, he's, he's a good opponent. That should be a good fight. And then you get the main event, Fedor versus Timothy Johnson. First fight since 2019 where he KO'd Rampage in round one for Fedor. Timothy Johnson lost his last fight for the interim heavyweight title to Valentin Moldovsky. Had won three straight before that against Congo, Mitrione, and Fortune. So, Nurmagomedov obviously is going to win. I'm going Minikov via round two TKO. And I'm going, sadly, I'm going Timothy Johnson to knock out Fedor in round one. Could I see Fedor starching him if he can get it, if he can get it done in the first two minutes? Yes, I do. I do think he can get it done. Do I think he does? No. I'm going, so here we go. Let's find the odds. Lakers' sun just started, so. Fight odds. I love fight odds. All right, Bovada. Fedor plus 160. Timothy Johnson minus 210. Vitaly Minikov minus 325 plus 230 for Soma. So, yeah, I got the uh, two. I got the favorites, though. I got the favorites. Um, I don't always like picking the favorites, but I do have the favorites. Um, all right, so... This is at 12 o'clock also. This is at 1 p.m. Eastern. The UFC fight card. Interesting. All right, card. You know, it's not going to knock your socks off. The main event's nice. You got to love that main event between Vittori and Costa. I, it feels like it just took a little sting off it, though. You know, not being able to make weight. So we have a featherweight bout between, uh, I want to say it's Son Wo Choi. Wu Choi, 
He's 10 and 3, 3 and 2 in the OC. He's got three straight wins, though. He uh, KO'd Julian Rosa in, his, in round one in his last fight. He's taken on Bruce Leroy, Alex Casares, four straight wins for Bruce Leroy, beating Steven Peterson, Chase Cooper, Kevin Croom uh, via decisions, and then Austin Springer via round one sub. So, you know, good fight. And then a lightweight bout, which I really like. Ricky Glenn, 22-6-1, coming off a of round one KO win over uh, Joaquin Silva. Grant Dawson, very big prospect, 5-0 and in the UFC, coming off a of win versus Leonardo Santos via round three TKO. Really love that fight, honestly. I think it's that's a great fight. And then obviously we got Vittori, Costa. Um, UFC fight night, Costa versus Vittori odds. So I'm going with... I'm going with uh, Casares. Actually, is he a dog? What was the? Okay, here we go. So let's go with Casares. So so Troy. So Casares is actually right now plus two thirty dog minus two ninety for Wu Choi. Give me. I'm going Casares via round two sub. I am going Casares via round two sub, man. Uh, then we got the co-main event, Dawson versus Glenn. I love that fight. I think Dawson's a pretty big favorite, though. Jessica Rose Clark also on the card. So Dawson is a minus 450 favorite. Glenn is a plus 325 dog. I'm going Dawson via round two TKO. I just think he's better all around. I'm going with him. Vittori Costa. Costa is plus 155. Vittori minus 190. I'm going Vittori, Vittori via decision. Um, really worries me. Uh how this has gone for Costa. How did training camp actually go? I think Vittori wears him down. He could even get a late finish, but I'm going decision for uh, Marvin Vittori. Um, yeah, and that's going to close it out. I'm going to get to watching this uh, Suns-Laker rematch from the uh, first round of last year. Um, I w- hopefully back next week with Fee. That's the plan is to have a really long one with Fee. Big NBA podcast. going to be mainly NBA. Um, but yeah. I uh, can't wait for that. Me and Fee, will have, we always have good discussions about NBA and everything sports, so I can't wait for that. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.